Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Square Ball Podcast. This is Podcast 84. Welcome along. My name is Dan, and with me in the studio is Michael. Hello. Moscow White. Hello there. And, hello. Where's Oddie? Has anybody... Where's Oddie? I thought Did you were bringing him. I th- no, I thought he was in Moscow's car. I'd, he wasn't in my car. I'd, I haven't been anywhere near the car. It's not accessible, today. is it, your car? No. Can't get, the, can't get his chair in and I'm hoping to get it adapted, but um, I th- I that's why you, I thought you were collecting him. I thought you were getting him, Michael. No. No, not seeing him. Right. Um, he, was, he wasn't getting because I know he's been like striking out on his own for a bit of independence. He wasn't getting the bus, was he? No. When I last saw him, he was he was. Well, I didn't even have any pants on. He was trouserless walking around the home. Shit. Well, um, we can give them a ring. We probably can't do it now. Yeah, but Should we I'll, ring the nurse in a bit? Yeah, we'll try. And just just on the off chance that you do um, spot uh, a semi-confused elderly gentleman, answers to the name Oddie. Quite easy to spot. Sort of gnarly face. Um, Give us a quick email, podcast at the squarebowl.net. I'm a, are you a bit worried, lads? Uh, it'll be fine. He'll be, be fine. He's it, well he's, looked after. He survived the. He survived two world wars. All right, then. Uh, well, in the absence of Oddie, uh, we'll quickly tell you about issue two of our fanzine. Uh, it came out, what, a couple of weeks back now, and it's nigh on sold out, but we still have some issues left, I believe. There's a few left, yeah. yeah. A handful. Let's well, let's create um, demand. Uh, uh, only th- a few. There's hardly any left. Yeah. And the, they're selling quickly. The digital downloads almost sold out. Oh, no, not again. Yeah. And the paper ones, Oddie's got them, so Lord only knows where they'll end up. Yeah, if you want to get hold of those, and subscriptions as well, your digital sub starts from a tenner, you can buy that at thesquareball.net. White watching. Let's start this section off then with the Derby, the Derby, the Cup Final, the Yorkshire Cup Final, for one team anyway. But as Billy Bremner once said, you get no for coming second, and they very much came second. Leeds 3, Uddersfield 0. The Yorkshire Club 0. No. Yeah, that's oh. what I was about to say. How can you be the Yorkshire club and lose a Yorkshire derby? Surely that doesn't work. Mm, maybe they just have a massive chip on their shoulder and that's it. Is that, um, is Toby, what's, oh no, it's Terry, isn't it? Is Terry now just a, a terrier? Not a Yorkshire terrier anymore, just miscellaneous dog. Mm. Is he Is he the camp muscular dog they've got? Yes. They're, they're not fussy, are they really? I mean, they'll... Any, anything? Well, he, oh, he's gorgeous. You should see him. <laughs> he, he used to look like ripping uh, muscles. 
He used to look like a big bear, didn't he? And big then, fluffy tail. And then they went, they kind of animated him up, and it looked, it all looked quite wrong. But then, I mean, just having a dog as your mascot, kind like of like manga pornography, for example. Yes, but Huddersfield style, so it's a dog. Hmm. Yeah, a bit like Jessica Rabbit, hmm. but a but, dog, but a dog, Jessica dog. <laughs> Maybe that's going to be Terry's like love interest, Jessica dog. <laughs> Good old Huddersfield. Could we not just play them every week just so we can come in here and just do dog jokes? But it's not a joke. Well, let's salute to the big dog, uh, Neil Redfern. This was his finest hour as manager. Coach, sorry, coach. He's a pretty big dog, as dogs go. Uh, Rudy Austin twatted it in, didn't he? He did well. I think we've we've damaged Smithies, though, haven't we? That 4-0 experience, it still haunts him. You Mm. can see him having the... We've talked a while ago about Kirkland having flashbacks. Hmm. Smithies clearly still has them because he should have saved that. Well, we ha- we have mentioned he, just, on, we, he jumped out the way. We have mentioned on the podcast before that he genuinely had to have counselling to stay in football after that. Was it four nil that we beat him mm-hmm. that year, and we absolutely thumped him and taunted him endlessly? And that was the game where he started in the paper that morning saying, "I'm really confident that we're going to beat Leeds and I'm going to have a great game." Seventeen-year-old bravado. Yeah, and I'm not. I don't blame him for getting out of the way of a shot from Rudy Austin. He actually. On target, it's dangerous. There's people in the South Stand know exactly how Alex Smithies feels and have done for a long time. So the great thing about this is it actually went in. Perhaps not as good a goal then as the the Antonucci one. Not necessarily Antonucci's finish because he popped it into the floor and into the net, didn't he? But uh, Belushki, the deft chip onto the bar. He's like, hang on, he's still going. He's still, he's still going. He's still going. And then nearly, nearly, nearly. If that had gone in the in the same week as his free kick, I dread to think what would have happened. What did happen from where I was is that nobody realised it was him that had chipped it because it was just before half-time and then uh, down in the bar you could hear people going around going like, who was it? Who had the shot first before? Is it Antonucci? Because a lot of people still haven't quite worked out who's who. Are you saying they're all the same? Generic Italian seems to be like the safe backup. If nobody's sure what happened, it'll be one of the Italian lads, so it'll probably be Berardi. Um, who's Swiss. Yeah. Or Dicara. Who's not Swiss. A few people said, oh, I think it was Belusky. And it's like, nah, he wouldn't. What would he be doing up there? No, it was Antonucci that chipped in. Like, no, Antonucci scored it. Like, well, just whoever. And then the highlights came on. on the, uh, Bloody hell, it's him. It really was him. Is there nothing he can't do? It's reminding me a lot of David Luiz in his performances, that he's a complete hazard at the back <laughs> most of the time. And that he, Well, he does most things actually very well, but then he has occasional slip-ups, but then he also does these runs forward and everyone goes... Oh, bloody hell! <laughs> it's yeah. exciting, I don't so care. What, what we could term as generic sort of continental madness descends now and again, doesn't it? Yes, if you if you want to get into racial stereotyping, Dan. It's not what I'm about. But, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't me describing them all as those Italians. It wasn't me either, don't yes, point I, your I, finger I, over here. I think it, it was. was. the people of the East stand. <laughs> Beluski seems to have a very specific problem with high balls dropping that he needs to kick. The one that led to him getting sent off against Watford is the first example, but pretty much every game there will be one like that that just bounces under his foot, and I don't know how you actually train somebody to deal with that. We need to bring Michael Brown back just to hoof the ball into the air so that Belusky can learn to control it, and I know I, you're looking at me like... Because that's what we're all about now. Michael Brown back? Well, no. And I'm like, yeah, we can use him for target practice once uh, mm. once Belusky's cracked this. Send him out like a fox with a pack of hounds after him. <laughs> Like very slow, creaky, creaky fox. Yes. Um, I was going to say, on the Belushki front, we have to correct, well, correct me, actually, because when we were translating the names back at the start of the season, of course, it's not John Belushi, it's Joe, isn't it? Because uh, Giovanni and, yeah. 
Giuseppe and I got him confused. So he's, he's officially the lesser known Belushi brother. He's Joe Belushi from now on. He's, he's better known to us. Well, Joe and John, close enough. Yeah, they're brothers. Close enough. Finally then, uh, Dakara, played through by Austin, steady feet, slotted in her beauty. Isn't he really prolific, Michael? Looks like he's going to score all the time. I think so. He's very dangerous looking, mm. yeah. Constant, a constant goal threat is how I'd describe him. Yeah. What about you, Moscow? Unless the ball's in the net, I'm just not seeing it. He's, out, he's not scored yet, has he? Excluding the ones he has, he hasn't. <laughs> yeah, that's basically how I'm looking at it. The, so. uh, the stats will show that he has scored several goals for Leeds United, but really, the spirit of the the thing I'm not feeling it it's not for you it's not the way I mean it's not the way Becchio used to score there's something different about that something something noble that's I think that's basically what it is Dakara's goals lack nobility Mm, okay that's that seems fair speaking of noble what about the full time shenanigans oh is this is this a Chilino gripe by any chance it's not a gripe all I'm saying is that Neil Redfern in his last game having guided Leeds to a fantastic 3-0 victory over our wannabe rivals, perhaps could have been chaired off the pitch. Maybe, maybe that would be excessive. For, like a nice round of applause, and I think he was he was given one. Mm. There was a lot of people wanted to oh, stand. Nice. It's what? It's a rude joke. There was a lot of people wanted he, to. He's, don't interrupt him. He's on one at the minute. Don't interrupt him. A lot of people wanted to stand and applaud and show their appreciation for the hard work Neil Redfern had done and the good job that had resulted. And then Chilino appeared on the pitch and uh, took all the praise. Is that a problem for you? or No. I mean, I'm sure there are other ways of getting from the West End to the East End rather than directly through the centre circle. Absailing off the uh, the upper tier. (laughs) Lapping up all the (laughs) applause of everyone around you. All I'm saying is that he wasn't on the pitch at full time in the Brighton game or any of the other earlier games. I'm going to put it to you that he knows his audience. Yes. I think I wrote something in the first issue of the of the magazine actually saying about Hockaday that he was there for the failure and Celino was there for the success. Yeah. Much the same. Yeah. So he, you know, fit the bill. We were successful. There he was. Who, and to be who fair, are we to deny him that success? To be fair, we did then fail against Brentford and he was quite visible there as well. <laughs> he wasn't just in the centre <laughs> circle, he was in the away end. So yeah. yeah uh, just so. finally, before we do come on to that match, um, regards to Huddersfield, I didn't get to this one, but my old man said it was the best he'd seen us play in about 10 years. Is that a fair assessment? A little bit excessive, but we were very we were pretty good. good. We were pretty good. It wasn't as good as the best of the Grayson era, if that makes sense. I think It does make sense. Yeah, Snodgrass, Gradle, Becchio... I think that was was better. Yeah. But equally, this is a team that's been thrown together in the last month or so, really. So it it was the best we've played in the last three years, possibly. On to Brentford then, where we certainly didn't play very well at all. Rubbish. Whoever that coach is, get him out. Milanic out. Get him out. There we go. There's the sacking siren debuting for uh, Podcast 84. Not, not that Leeds fans don't give these guys a fair chance. It is worth saying, before we even get onto this, that um, in terms of giving him a chance, I was quite put out at the Sheffield Wednesday game by the there's only one Neil Redfern chant that broke out in the South Stand just because we were behind, despite having played very bloody well. But anyway, back to Milanich and sacking him. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? I don't know. I'm sure we've referenced it before. I think it was when John Major took over as Prime Minister when his first act in Parliament was to stand up and just as he was about to begin his first speech as Prime Minister, somebody from the back benches just yelled, Resign! <laughs> it's pretty much like that with every single coach that Leeds United have And now. this is the thing, it's the culture that, or the, the expectancy that's been put in place by us having Chilino as owner, isn't well, it? Well, this is it. If he doesn't win every game 
4-0, then the pressure's on. <laughs> uh, crisis club Leeds United. Well, I did. I tweeted from the TSB account, actually, um, after this game, that new Leeds coach under fire, under pressure, whatever. And it was obviously tongue-in-cheek, making light of this very point. And did everybody see the funny side? No, some people thought I was being serious. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, we are actually existing in Give him a-, a chance! That's the sensitive world we live in. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Darko? Where was... Um, Redders is the more pertinent question because all we are, we can already out Darko Milanic as a dirty rotten liar because he said in his first press conference <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that I've got evidence and proof he said in his first press conference is it um, will you be calling on the expertise of Neil Redfern who's done a very good job here in recent weeks and he said yes I've been talking to Neil I'm aware of the excellent job he's doing and when I have questions about the team and our opponents and the players, I will be turning to him. And then Adam Pope said, will he be with you in the dugout? And Darko Milanic said, yes. And Adam Pope said, yes. And he said, yes. Then come Brentford, where is Neil? Where's Neil? (laughs) Where's Neil? Some flim-flam. He's on the bus. Some flim-flam about him looking after the under-18s who I think had a game the next day or something. And it's like, well, they coped all right while he was actually coach. I don't think it's a big deal for him to come and help Darko out like he said he would. Bloody So you got to, maybe, maybe it's not Milanic's fault. Maybe Redders just went, you know what? Manage it yourself. I don't care. Uh. No Dawson, no point. Not interested. I'm going where little Dawson is. And this was the strange subs bench as well, where we saw the comeback of all sorts of uh, weird and wonderful English players, when they apparently, if you are to believe what Graham Bean said, something we'll come on to, um, they weren't quite sure about the homegrown quota, and I possibly ill-advisedly tweeted to this effect after the Brentford game that maybe they weren't quite sure, so they just played it on the safe side with the bench, and... uh, we were shit. Um, you can't really blame that on the... Although, Tongi did play, didn't he? Tongi came on, I think, just to slow the game down a little bit. <laughs> Take the pace out of it a bit. It could have been Tong or Murph. They have, they have a similar effect on the game. <laughs> oh, leave him alone, Paul Luke. Neither of them quite had the same effect that Jonathan Douglas had. Yeah, what ever happened to that guy? <laughs> He's gone away and retrained as a... Uh, as a footballer. As a fo- well, as, as Javi or something. <laughs> Good player on our team, Marco Silvestri. Very much proving to be, as Moscow said, player of the season so far. Yeah, he will be Ross McCormack of the season come the end of the season. Well, you did make, predict that on the basis that he'd have lots to do and we'd finish 22nd. Uh, so far, I'm not not confident about either of those producers. He's, he's having a lot to do, as Brentford proved. Uh, we probably do better than 22nd, but it does kind of depend on how many coaches we get through. That's, that's always going to be the wild card. This is a very good point, is this, actually, regards to the coaches, that um, it's like people are suddenly shocked that we go backwards for a couple of games when a new coach comes in. This is, what, yeah. this is what's going to happen. If you have three or four coaches in a season, you are going to go backwards before you can go forwards. It's just a simple fact. So I'm not sure why people were getting that uppity when it happened after Brentford. That's why I, there is a serious point. I think Redfern should have been there. Otherwise, it is you are starting again with a new coach, new techniques, new ideas, and you need that some kind of continuity to help keep what is good going. It's like when Ken Bates stayed on to help JFH out. That was exactly. good. That was really good of him. That because yeah. that you know it just made the whole thing really smooth. There was no hiccups. Kept the money flowing in certain ways. <laughs> as as Ken outwards, will, as Ken will probably point out, it was the end of his presidency that coincided with the gradual realization that GFH had well perhaps new. 
certain aspects of what they were doing, <laughs> <laughs> but that the football expertise just say it, just was, say it, just was, say it. <laughs> I don't want to say. I don't want to end up in jail for five months without charge. Back to Brentford. Back to Brentford. <laughs> I think we were talking about Oddie then for a second. Oh. All the safety of Brentford. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you think he, have we? Should we check Army Nick? Because well, he has been in trouble a bit lately. We'll give him a ring afterwards. It's the it's the smearing stuff on the walls thing. I'm most worried about it. It's never good, is it, for a man of his age? But anyway, yeah, Chilino, he was in the away end. Why? This this is whoa. Headlines from this game. Don't look over there at the shit football. Don't look over there. Look at this. He bought a hot dog. And everybody hugged him, waved selfies. I mean, it does leave aside the uh, the the wanton hooliganism that got him thrown out of the Brentford end. Has Wasn't he in the disabled been... section? <laughs> um, I think so. It was Hang never. A that must warrant a, one of these. Somebody, they... whoever let him in, didn't check his DSS book if they still have those. <laughs> um, look, it, look it up, kids. Yeah, yeah. That's part of the story. Has kind of been uh, dismissed as to how come he ended up being ordered out. But then uh, it was all fun and games once. Uh, once he was in the away end, unless you're Stephen Warnock, of course, who apparently, despite having another reasonable game... Suffered verbally. <laughs> suffered v- verbally, as did uh, a lot of people around him. People like having fun. Yeah, but look, we're just going to say we get a, probably a bad rap on this uh, on this ear podcast for being cynical about just about everything. Is there not anything about this you can quite like? I mean, because you wouldn't have got it from other people, apart from maybe Ridsdale. I was going to say, there's <laughs> one man who used to do this kind of thing, and it was Peter Ridsdale. Yeah. The two aren't really comparable, but he's just a bit in love with himself, isn't he? Really, like he could have, you could go in and away end and not be on the front row. Well, he moved to the back for the second half. But yeah, but by that point, you know that pictures have been taken, you've been seen. And it was interesting that the the hot dog thing was pre-game, so there were all these photos of oh look, Simos at the uh, refreshment stands just behind the away end buying hot dogs and having a burger. And then later in the game, he turns up in the away end as well. So it all became the story of him being out and away game on the terraces with the lads I'm not saying the whole thing was you know <laughs> manufactured or engineered or that he perhaps knows how to play our support like an old fiddle but maybe he, he is good at it though think, it. How much, oh, think how much think how much GFH spent on PR companies and David Haig couldn't come and they're be, hated come, hot, David dog, hot dog three quid three quid not, for hot dog could not be one of the lads if he tried <laughs> that's true yeah there is oh is this is this a I'll have one of these. Do you have um, any quinoa? Uh, 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 organic uh, quinoa? Is it, is, it, is it an organic sausage? <laughs> is it coming in a brioche bun? Um, oh, it's not toasted. Oh, no. Oh, have you got any, wheat, any wheat-free bread? <laughs> I've got a really nasty little bit of tummy trouble. <laughs> I, had a, I had a stomach operation, you see. Oh, and also, I don't want some juice plus. I've been in jail for quite a long time. <laughs> Uh, yes, the plus side to Chilino doing this is that there is some actual reality there. I mean, David Haig in the away end at Brentford <laughs> on the terraces would have been absolutely <laughs> ludicrous, at least when Chilino goes Copy in. Copy the Daily Telegraph under his arm. <laughs> Hello, chaps. Brand new scarf around his neck. Brand new. Oh, that's that's a lovely jacket. Oh, Stone Island. Yes, I've heard of them. Well, whereas when Chilino's in there... I mean, there aren't many Leeds fans wearing aviator shades on the front row of the terraces, but he does look a little bit more comfortable. If David Haig was caught in the middle of a chant of we all hate Leeds scum, Chilino didn't exactly look comfortable, but God. Oh, yes. Oh, hold on a minute. Oh, you're being ironic. It's just... <laughs> oh, thanks for explaining that. Oh, fuck's sake. Right. Uh... Play up. Play up, Stephen. <laughs> 
gosh, that left back's good, isn't he? No? <laughs> well, oh, we should... whatever you think. I'll, I'm happy to go with that. Hisham, they say we should buy a new left back. <laughs> on to... I'm on sure to... we can find the funds in one of our accounts. On to the Reading match. On to the Reading match. Oh, do we have to? Well, we, we, we on to Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> yes, we, I was going to say we could be very brief, but that was about as brief as we could possibly be. A terrible game. Just yeah, it was shit. boring. I mean, it was better than last year. What did they beat us by last year? <laughs> Something ridiculous. Was it 10 goal Tuesday again? Has that, have we brought that back or not? <laughs> I can't remember. They had Royston Drenthe knocking free kicks in. I seem to remember they, them scoring twice in about two minutes after half time, and it was a bit like, oh, fuck off. Was it 4 was was it. It 2? It was when we just lost, we'd conceded twice in two minutes at the weekend, and then we did it again against Reading. That's when they just scored, and then I turned away from the TV screen because obviously we'd given up on watching it in the actual stands and just said, Oh, God, I hope it's not going to be like Saturday when this got... Oh, God. It's when you and Oddie went to the bar, wasn't it, this one? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is, is that, have you checked him, checked for him there? That's the where he might be, actually. We haven't, we'll try bringing around the the pubs hmm. in a, a little while. Where does he drink nowadays? It depends what the, the radius is around the home. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not sure what the nearest pub is. Is it the, uh, the dog and old whistle that does thirds of pints? Something like that. I think that's where yeah. he's kind of been there. The mild, it's the mild. Yeah. We'll better see if his special glass is behind the bar. Mm. Mm. Uh, all right, then that's Reading. Um, Sheffield Wednesday game. Now then, Antonucci. Offside. <laughs> I think he's a very Offside. He's a very good footballer. Offside. Do you know what I think? Offside. I think he's too quick. Offside. I think he's too... I think he's offside. He was offside, yes. <laughs> I think he's a bit too quick. I think he's offside now. I think he is. I don't know where he is. I think Spencer's. He's offside. I think he's a bit too quick for some of our midfielders. They're not fast enough in releasing it for him. To be fair, I completely agree. He was offside. <laughs> a lot. Quite a lot, as he was against Birmingham. But there were times when he looked onside and the other players weren't passing it through because they looked. They just assumed he was offside. I think they just look at him and just go, oh, he's offside, no. Um, whereas he needs to find some way of, like, some kind of dog whistle to say, I am actually onside right now a different kind of signal to instead of just saying play the ball now it needs to be play the ball now and no I really mean it I'm, I'm onside by the time he said that though he's going to be offside yeah well that, it's their professional footballers they can sort it out I can't do it from here all I can do is point out that he's constantly bloody offside but I Bless think him. I think um, and his wolvish face we played very very well in spells in this game very well I mean some really nice tight passing in really congested areas down by the touchline. I was pretty bloody impressed, to be honest, at times. It, we've played fairly well, Brentford aside, across these games. Even against Reading, we were, there were some things we did which were quite decent looking. It's not like the worst of the Warnock and... Um, Dare you say it? Yes. McDermott era as well. I thought you were going to say Hocker Day. Oh, hockey, oh no, I've forgotten about him. On that night, just on Brian... Where's Brian? Are you revising? Are you revising your opinion of Brian McDermott's era, or do you think he was still completely hampered by everything around him? Well, he didn't have any of these players, did he? I think that's mm. the main thing that's making us play better is that we've signed a load of footballers who were <laughs> all right, mate. I, I mean, it is worth pointing out as well that you go back to the Bates days when he completely decimated our scouting system and relied on Gwyn Williams and his little black book, didn't he, and his various contacts around the world to bring us the starlets and not so starlets that we got in. And obviously, under GFH, whilst they spunked money away for fun, didn't still didn't put a new scouting system in place. And thankfully, Salerno and Cellino, between them, appear to have a decent scouting network. Now, does that reflect on McDermott, or perhaps excuse him a little bit, that he didn't have the means to go find the players? He just bought mainly players that he knew. When you look at it, he, his people were 
people like Hunt and Kebe who he thought, well, I've seen them and I've worked with them and maybe they're all right and they weren't. Mm. Whereas with Salona, we've basically bought in a big contact book of players that he's obviously had a list of 20 players that he's gone, right, well, all these are... We've signed them all. All these are quite good. Just get as many of these as we can and we'll have an all right squad. There weren't any signings that that McDermott made that you looked at and you couldn't see for the life of you why he signed them. It was only about after five games, or in Kebe's case, five minutes, where you were like, why the fuck is he signing hey, them? we'll always have Huddersfield. We'll always Again. have. Again. Well, exactly. So even he had a moment. But um, so, but you now look at the squad and you think Murphy can't get in it, whereas last season we had nobody better than Murphy and we needed somebody better than Murphy. I think he needs to go out on loan, back to League One. Find his, uh, his confidence again. What is he now? Like 26, 25? Um, bit depressing to be loaned down the division at that age. Yeah. Could be the next Jonathan Douglas who'll come back with uh, some League One no marks and totally ruin um, I don't doubt field. It. Don't doubt it for a second. Yeah. Anyway, back to the Wednesday game. You're talking then about Belushki, um, Joe Belushi, and the ball's dropping out of the air. There was one moment in the second half of this when it was one of those when all around you are losing their heads, my son, and he just took the ball, dropped out of the air on his chest took two steps forward with it and passed it off and I thought he can play a bit he can I thought you were going to talk about him scoring the goal when the ball dropped out of the air and he just side footed into the corner of the net and the question is why doesn't he do that in defence <laughs> why when the ball is dropping from the air from a great height does he completely fluff it whereas when he's in the opposition penalty area he just strokes it slowly home it was almost like he just like trapped it with his foot picked it up and walked it into the net just well, everybody around him looked. It, it was a beautiful thing. And then he placed it down like a, a snooker referee replacing a cue ball on the spot. Goal, I think you'll find, gentlemen. <laughs> so why can't he do that in defence? He'll get there. He's I, a funny one. I, I think he had a great game against Wednesday, all things said and done, and he twatted their scorer, didn't he? That little... What was that about, prick. exactly? It was about a prick. <laughs> right. I honestly don't know what it was about, because I really don't know who he is. Um, I've since seen his name, but it hasn't stuck... He came and did his big Billy Big Bollocks celebration and everybody was looking around going like, who is he? And then he started pointing to the back of his shirt. Still don't know and who you are. And you can't read it off the back of those shirts. So it's, 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 it's a bad it's, font. And they've obviously sacked the PA announcer because they didn't say who had scored. So it was like, who's even scored? And somebody checked on the phone and said the name. Well, who's that? And then he started getting... Um, getting in everybody's faces again because they want to throw in. So he's giving it, sticking his tongue out at the cop and that's when Joe went over and sort of started sort him out. But he did get some credit for getting two of our players booked and then getting himself subbed off. But still, what a little prick. I still don't know who the fuck he is. The news. Speaking of bookings, we should give Berardi credit for, for getting a yellow card and not being sent off. Because I'm sure, like everyone... When that yellow card came out, we're going, take him off! <laughs> For God's sake, sub him! And then he, he, and on, and on, there's a left back on the bench, what's his name? Warnock, get him on! Poor old Steven. Yeah. Thing is, I hated him hang last on year. A, hang on a second. Yeah. We'll get that ready because we're in the yeah. use it in this section, don't we? I like Warnock last year. Uh, not last year, I hated him last year. This year, I think he's alright. He was he was part of the Axis of Evil, the Punoc. Yeah. yeah. But he seems to be trying and stuff this year. Maybe he's because he's got rid of the evil twin now in, in the form of Pew that he's been able to spread his wings and become his own man. He was, he was treating us mean and keeping us keen. Now he's all now he's all loved up with us, playing well. We don't want him. Chilino doesn't want yeah. him. Which yeah. is the same thing. <laughs> uh, well, does he warrant a kind of... It's in the hands of the, you know, the PFA. union. The PFA may say otherwise. Anyway, um, 
speaking of people being got rid of, do we need to give a sacking siren from Neil Redfern? Would that be fair? He's not really been sacked. Yeah, it's no. kind of a difficult one because you, you do talk about we have now had three coaches already this season and it's only just October. Mm. But um, but yeah, uh, Redvers is more of a technical knockout than an actual signing. Mm. But then, uh, actual sacking, sorry. But then you do have to take into account the fact that it does seem like he actually really wanted the job. So can not getting the job when you've got it, can having a job that you really, really want permanently on a temporary basis and then not getting it full time, is that a reason for the sacking siren to come into play? No. Or have we got kind of like a, a um, end of tenure siren? It's not <laughs> quite as ca- catchy. An end of tenure a triangle ding contract expiry klaxon anyway anyway yeah, well if you, if you were to believe what lucy ward was tweeting that she was she was heavy hinting that he wanted that job and he was a bit upset not to get it eh? i don't think he did want it to begin with and then i think it started lucy going, says he does i think maybe it started going well and he thought bloody doing it <laughs> <laughs> i've won some crowns <laughs> <laughs> but then again, if you read um, the paper, is it today? I think it was that um, he sort of praised Milinic and said, you know, he's tightened things up. We've got different methods of working as coaches. But yeah, that's what he said to the press. Yeah, well, yeah, then yes. turned around and went, <laughs> "I'll give him five minutes." He's a war criminal. <laughs> <laughs> that's just for the record. That's not true. That's that's just a racial stereotype based, based is, on yeah. his based on his ethnic origin. Yeah, it's his accent, really. I just. Mm. He's like a boy. He's a Bond villain. He's got yeah. No, you will die, Mister Bond. <laughs> anyway, that's oh, hang on a second. There we go. Graham Bean. It's the Graham Bean sacking siren. I knew Massimo wouldn't let us down. Bean is gone. He's been and gone. Hey, do you like that? I do like that. Yeah, good. Anyway, this is fault. We played Reading on a Wednesday, even though it's football league rules that we probably would have had to move it anyway. It's kind of like um, King Canute sacking the tide for coming in. <laughs> That's very highbrow high for this pile of shit. But, I mean, it's an odd, it's an odd one with Graham Bean because um, I didn't want him here anyway. Mm. I'm more more concerned about the fact that we ever hired him than I am that Chilino ever fired him. Because mm. uh, did we say on the podcast last time about him cyber squatting on Norwich fans? Is um, we we have sort of outlined touched on the it. case against him. Yeah, um, but I don't think we ever spelled out what this allegation was. Oh, it wasn't alleged. He fully admitted to it he described it as sharp business practice what, what, what was it they did for anybody who's not familiar with it he was working on the process of Nor- Northwich Victoria the proud old football club of Cheshire being put into administration and then the fans naturally started a Phoenix club it was going to be called uh, Northwich 1873 I think mm. and then when they went to register the websites for their new club found that most of the websites with names related to NorthwichVictoria1873.com, for example, I think it was one of them, had been um, bought by by Graham Bean, who said that it wasn't uh, a conflict of interest, it was merely sharp business practice. And I assume he must have made, you know, a good 200 quid or whatever out of Northwich Victoria 1873 or whatever he got. But, you know, that's the level of business you've got to do to be that sharp I'm glad we had a business head like that at the club mm, he, he learned actually those, no I'm not he, he taught them a lesson him. didn't he I that, that'll, that'll learn your Northwich Phoenix Club fans <laughs> imagine them trying to keep yeah. their football club going the bastards I <laughs> think they can have a website as well as a football club they're dreaming <laughs> anyway he's gone and he had quite a lot to say about his departure he's not that keen on Massimo is he 
gutless. Mm. He called Massimo. Yes. Because um, apparently it why, was... Why did he call him gutless? It was Yabine who sacked the hawk oh. Lewis. Yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, we got... Yeah. And Carboni. One Carboni. Carboni. Was he gave Bean the flick? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, so, um... And what are you thinking tried, of now, Moscow? That's he, distracted you. He from tried thinking of me flicking my beam. <laughs> he tried to give the staff a pay rise uh, if they've not had one for How four years. Dare he? Um, the answer was a single unanimous no from no Chilino, No, Massimo say no. I haven't done that since the summer. And then uh, Chilino uh, Beam, sorry, says that um, he has never seen morale so low anywhere than behind the scenes at Leeds United. That's nice. Mm. Nothing can possibly go wrong, but you know, Chilino, he buys hot dogs. That's Did okay. he actually buy anybody else a hot dog? Because the only hot dog I saw being bought was him. He ate it. Mm. Maybe, maybe it was a solo sausage trip. Who knows? We shall, we shall seek answers on this and probably never bring them to you. you know, yeah. I, I would imagine. Uh, so yeah, he got fired, and nobody's replaced him because you know we don't need anybody with any football administrative knowledge, even if he is a bit of a cock. That's where the uh, player homegrown quota issue came from, is that they seem to have realised on the morning of the game that nobody actually knows how to run a football club in the English leagues. Mm. This happened before, didn't it? Wasn't there some on the uh, Huddersfield Madness Day where McDermott was sacked and Haig was sacked for a bit and I think some other people? Was it not that someone realised that we needed a safety certificate and went, oh shit, that's in someone's name? We yeah. need someone. Just get everyone back. Yeah. Everyone back in. Everyone's been. I think yeah. The, the ground safety safety certificate was in somebody's name. Yeah, who got fired, didn't they? That oh, well, we need to unfire him. Otherwise, we can't play this game tomorrow. Oh, we don't have a manager. Let's bring him back as well. It's yeah. probably why we were denied the beauty of Andrea Tabernelli as well, because the paperwork was the problem. Is was nobody to do the paperwork. The homegrown players rule, though. Get a copy of Football Manager. It's yes, all on there. That's true. Are you financial fair play as well? You can probably you probably suss that out from there as well. Do you really think that's not how they're doing it? Yeah, that's true. It's a fair point. In fact, got... How many of our signings have looked good on Football Manager when you've seen the screenshots? They'll have um, Hisham Reyes' old copy probably when he left in a hurry to get back to. Uh, oh, we've got a we've got David coming in for a job interview. I've got a rush back. Um, probably left his uh, his old Xbox. Can you get Football Manager on there? Don't think so. No. Okay. His Spectrum C64. <laughs> I had a Commodore 64. I don't know why I'm calling I, it Spectrum. I, I, I Are you trying to replace Aldi here? <laughs> <laughs> I have Haig pegged as a, a sort of a Windows tablet man, I think. I think he, he wouldn't, he'd go against the grain. No, he'd be Apple all the way. You think? Yeah. yeah. The latest one as well, it gets sold to him. Oh, it sounds super. Can I give you an extra £200 on top of the uh, the cost price? And there's this adapter you plug in and it, it makes it go faster, I've heard. <laughs> the man sold me it at the shop. He said, "I can press my face on it, and it'll it'll send pictures around the world or something." I don't understand it. <laughs> it's very good, though. I'm Go- not even allowed one now in prison. Would you? Can you imagine? It's marvelous what they can do nowadays. Gone also is the man who openly questioned on Twitter whether the football club needed a Twitter account. It's former commercial director <laughs> Paul Bell, who not whilst he don't, we don't need to necessarily fire this up. But I'm going to do it anyway. Um, he resigned um, and he's actually served his notice and gone to Sheffield Wednesday to be their chief exec, hasn't he? I never liked him. He always came across as, I don't know, maybe was that through the prism of Bates? I don't know. He always struck me as a little bit odd when a man who is involved in commercial affairs questions whether a Twitter account is a good thing. That was hilarious. That that was my big interaction with old Paulie Bell. It's funny the way people remember things because I saw somebody over the summer complaining when Paul Jews quit 
to go to uh, work at Middlesbrough. So, so it's not. I remember when he used to run the Leeds United Twitter account through his personal Twitter because he's such an egotist. Which what actually happened was that there was that period where Paul Dews and Tom Kerwin were the only Twitter voices of Leeds United because Leeds United. Well, I think the rumor was that Ken Bates wanted a personal like delegation from Facebook to tell him why they should have a Facebook page. Otherwise, he he wasn't interested. And then Paul Bell, who was joined from as commercial manager from Portsmouth, where he had been commercial manager, I'm sure coincidentally during the period where they'd been run into the ground and almost gone out of business before they were saved by the supporters, um, he was in charge of those kind of uh, decisions. He popped up on Twitter one Friday night about half past ten on his personal account saying, how do fans get their information about Leeds United? Do you get it from the official website? Do you get it from Twitter? Do you get it from Facebook? And, Not, none of the above these days. And, anyway. Well, me, I think, and I think maybe you popped up as well, pointed out that well, th- there isn't a Twitter or Facebook account to get any information from. So what's your question? And I accused him of having a presentation in the morning that he was hurriedly revising for, <laughs> which didn't seem to go very well. And um, I remember Sven, our Norwegian friend, started chipping and saying, well, you know, really, why doesn't the club have a, a Twitter account? And uh, and old Paul Bell turned it round and said, well, why don't Man United have a Twitter account? Well, that's an interesting point. But Arsenal have a Twitter account, and they have, I think at the time, they had some, like, several million followers it's about nine million i think yeah. yeah and he was like yeah but man united don't have one isn't that interesting it's like yeah but every other club in the premier league apart from man united has one and has millions of customers getting information don't you think as commercial manager that's like an opportunity it's like yeah but it's man what, united it's what, don't what have we one. might call free publicity paul and i he ended up getting really narky with me which is um amusing because i'm really narked with him and uh and then of course um he was recently taking all the credit for how many social media followers Leeds United now have and what a great outlet it is for the fantastic work of the commercial team the knob we also while we're on the subject of Paul Bell we can then uh, reminisce about the time when he drunkenly started going on about how great Manchester was on the night out and I think even a few people were like we're saying about Massimo Cellino knowing his audience bloody hell yeah I think um, Paul Bell he'd gone to like a children in need event like a fundraiser and got wasted and was just like Manchester's the best place ever and I think it may well have been Tom Kerwin was like yeah but you know Leeds is better right Paul's like no Manchester's just amazing it's like so anyway he's in charge but now, they don't have a Twitter account he's now chief executive officer of Sheffield Wednesday that's a hell of a promotion it's amazing isn't it it's Harvey-esque it just shows you don't have to well yeah him and Harvey show you don't have to be any good at anything to get anywhere in your I wonder opinion, where Ben Fry is now in your opinion in your opinion speaking of the sacking siren now, now you mentioned Harvey there as well this segues I guess into the Chilino verdict now this mm. is this has all got a bit murky strange hasn't it something surrounding Chilino's tax affairs is murky and strange do go on it appears that the football league are basically awaiting Chilino and his lawyers supplying them with the evidence to condemn him uh, now you know <laughs> them's the rules turkeys and Christmas everybody it's oh dear me Sean Harvey there you go that's for you just quit you idiot and the, there is the uh, the point that even if they do get this verdict that by the time they can actually do anything about it this conviction may well be um, absolved anyway, not absolved. Spent. Spent. So they haven't really got enough time. But there is a process, I mean, there is a process to go through. And the situation, we all knew it when he bought the club, was that, that if this judgment declared him dishonest, 
then we have a problem with our ownership. Well, that's what, this is this is yeah, we know from, this from but, the football league's perspective. But how how and why then have the Guardian got hold of this verdict and nobody else seems to be in possession of it? Because Chilino's lawyers are going, "Hey, Johnny Coconut's denying all knowledge." By the sound, no, of it. no, John, Johnny Coconut's got a copy because he said that document is unpresentable. It's full to the brim of errors of merit and law. It's unpresentable because I mean, it'll kick Massimo straight out. Yeah, so I'm going to sit on this. It does not take into it. So um, I have already lodged an appeal and have also completely demolished the judge's reasonings. <laughs> Go on, Johnny. Um, so Johnny Coconut's confident, but Johnny Coconut's seen it. So if Johnny Coconut's got a, co- a copy of the, uh, we should point out his name is Giovanni Coco. Which translates uh, as Johnny Coconut. Coconut. Yeah. Uh, um, so Johnny Coconut's got a copy of the, uh, he sounds of like the a, document. He sounds like a character from Scooby-Doo, doesn't he? Let's go to Hawaii this weekend, Scoob, yeah. Johnny Coconut's there. <laughs> we'll go surfing. Then Chilino's obviously got a copy of it, and then if the rules are that you have to then let the Football League have a copy of it, then he probably uh, needs to let them have a copy. I'm not sure what will be worse, the misconduct charge for not giving them Can't a copy of give them of a the... copy of something different? <laughs> something they written probably crayon won't know. by Johnny Coconut Itali- saying, an Italian restaurant, it's fine. Italian restaurant menu. He is innocent. Massimo, he's a good guy. <laughs> Look at him at Brentford. It is, I mean, it is if what The Guardian got is the case. I actually did have somebody saying saying to me, does that really mean he's dishonest? <laughs> what, was, what was the phrase in Machiavellian? Uh, that the doesn't mean dishonest is, uh, as such. They, they can, this is uh, Judge Sandra Lepore, who we've been waiting for this for a long time, so we may as well um, read it now it's here, is that there can therefore be no doubt as to the existence <laughs> of an elusive intent on the part of Chilino. Is that dishonest, though? As it must be held that the evasion of the import VAT was the result of a Machiavellian simulation... Yeah, but 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 yeah, Nice. <laughs> Le, Lepore added that the registration of Nelly the yachts by a Florida-based company leads us to believe, beyond any reasonable doubt, that the real owner of the Nelly yacht is Massimo Cellino himself, and that Free Time Miami LLC is nothing but a bogus corporate screen formed in an ad hoc manner in order to allow him, the affected user of the assets, to bring into EU territory a means of transport as part of a temporary invitation, thus eluding the payment owed in verdict duty so and then you point this out and somebody goes yeah but I'm not sure in Italian law that that means he's dishonest (laughs) what is the bloody point I mean this is when everybody's so touch sensitive it's not an attack on Cellino I actually do not want Cellino to be thrown out by the football league because it'll just throw us into chaos he's here this is in the grand scheme of things it's dirty but it's minor and it's just Oyston is at Blackpool What's his face is at Birmingham. Let's just let the guy eat hot dogs. But the facts have to be faced that we have that we have here a court judgment that says he is as dishonest as the day is long. I was about to say Ken Bates, but that could get me into trouble. Um, he is very dishonest without any comparisons. Um, he's just dishonest. This was dishonest. The judgment is that he did a dishonest thing, and that was the problem. The thing, the thing that people have trouble with is that there's a bit of relativism going on, and you you talk about the things like Blackpool and Birmingham and so on, um, and people say, "But look, he's put all this money in. You know, look at the mm. state." But that, I mean, David Conn, um, I saw got into an exchange with somebody in the last twenty four hours on Twitter explaining this that 
that doesn't come into their thinking. It's nothing to do with how good a job he's done at cleaning up the fuck-ups of GFH and Bates at all. Yeah. Nothing, you know. But the problem is that the spirit of the rule was that people can't go into football clubs and rinse them and sell off their assets. And yes, stuff. yeah, yeah. What we've effect- in effect got is the one guy who's actually guilty of something is the one guy who's not <laughs> done that in the yeah. last 10 years. So it, from a logical point of view, you think, no, this, this can't possibly be right. And when you get... He might be kicked out on the basis that he's set up these shell companies that do nothing but... Move ex- yachts around. Move yachts around. You know, when we in our very recent past with Sean Harvey have dealt with some shell companies that have... Move football grounds around. football grounds around and uh, Astor and Crato and all these places that owe money to Leeds United and we owe them money and they didn't appear to do anything but that. And that was all fine. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because... And so said the CEO of the Football League. Yeah. I mean, that was that was all above board, but then all of a sudden someone avoids a bit of tax on a yacht, which, you know, I don't really give a shit about. Well. But <laughs> if I'm entirely honest... Mm, I do. I'd rather he didn't. I'd rather oh, yeah, he, I'd rather he, he didn't as well, but in, but, the, in the grand scheme of things... Yeah, when it comes to the, the football side of things, Phil Hay, um, of our friend from the Yorkshire Post, made the very good point that it's not what he's done with his yachts that's, the, that's important, it's what he's going to do to the football club that is important and that's what the football league should be watching is that every because they have to submit the accounts and they have to do this. so every set of accounts that he submits and every move that he makes absolutely i think the football league preferably after uh, sean harvey has retired <laughs> been, um, been off permanently um Pre- to the pre- ground preferably with somebody with a little bit more gravitas and uh, worthy of respect but they absolutely should be all over um, his running of the club that's what's important is how he I runs I was going to say on that note and what you were saying there about it's done to protect the clubs I guess the, the implication or the extension of the rule is that if he's capable of setting up shell companies to evade VAT what's to say he's not going to do the same with the football club and lead us down path X that gets us in yeah. trouble but then you go back to what Michael's just said about the spirit of the rules and Sean Harvey himself and, you know, how much they sought to operate within those rules with mm-hmm. shell companies offshore ownership. And all of a sudden, only when they were bitch slapped into line by the Premier League did suddenly Ken Bates then own the football club. Yeah, And, and if you look at the stuff Ken Bates had done before, which he had received no conviction for, but he did, for example, set, at one point set up a bank, which then loaned all the bank, all of its money to offshore companies, which then went bust, which was then bailed out by the Irish government. Mm. No one was ever prosecuted for this. No. It, Ken Bates has no criminal record as a result of this, but it is something that happened. And did- Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Didn't lead to him being disqualified. And of course, Sean Harvey if the uh, fit and proper persons test had been applied retrospectively, would have failed due to his three administrations. Three. It's like, come on. The supreme irony of this is that if he tried to pull a stunt like the Nelly stunt at Leeds United, probably nobody would say a word. Yeah, oh, you're setting up a show company to import footballers from Florida. Yeah, register them where you want. Nobody cares. I don't know if there is import duty on... Um, Robbie, people, Robbie Rogers. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> that leads us down an odd line. But, Human um, trafficking. Yeah. But, you know, you could, he could do so much worse than this as owner of Leeds United. Them's the rules, isn't it? That's the problem. The rule book mm. is the problem. And also, I think it is fair to keep pointing out that if he hadn't bought this damn yacht in the first place, we wouldn't have any of this problem. Interesting then what you said about, have a yacht. about offshore companies. Did you know, and I heard this, this is, this is I don't know if it's 100% true or not, that when we had Viduca, part of his wages were paid to an offshore company mm. that was was set up to ostensibly find talent in Australia. So it wasn't just salaried through pay as you earn. He had a, an offshore payment to uh, some limited company. Don't, off- don't Barcelona pay Neymar's dad several million pounds. Scouting fees and stuff, yeah. Scout, which yeah. I think mainly involves him watching telly at home. The uh, £100,000 we paid to the El Hadjou Foundation in the last accounts, I'm sure, has helped a lot of people. What do you reckon to Milanic then so far? Well, I've already said he's a liar and a cheat. <laughs> one point one point from three games we're going... We're, out! He's, he's taking his down. Darko, out. Shall I, shall I play the... Yeah, yeah, let's get it. Get him out! He probably won't be here by the time we do the next one. No, I, uh, what, what, I mean, seriously, what do you reckon so far? Because I think there were some very, very promising signs against Sheffield Wednesday in terms of that compactness that we've lacked in the past. And but they were, nice they were the same signs that were there against Huddersfield, though, arguably. Yeah, so we just had to have two games in between for him to work out no, how but to do the on, same I mean, that Redford had already In done. fairness, um, you look at how little Silvestri had to do against Sheffield Wednesday, apart from pick the ball out of the net, obviously, mm-hmm. but that was just a, a quirk of us not having gone in front before that and Antonucci being persistently offside. I mean, I, I think we looked really, really solid. And again, Joe Belushi, he looked a lot more solid against Wednesday than he has in the past. The difference with the Wednesday game, the positive difference was that we were passing the ball forward, which we never were under Hocker Day. It was just going back and back. And Redfern kind of got them to remind them which end the goal was at. And then Reading, I think what annoyed me about the Reading game was it was a little bit like the old Hocker Day style of not really getting the ball forward, not attacking properly just square and back square and back Sheffield Wednesday we kind of worked out again and I saw Darko Milanic on the touchline at one point during the Sheffield Wednesday game exhorting his players to actually attack move forward I wasn't sure if I necessarily believed in him because he's got the face of a liar but <laughs> he was really just saying get the ball up that way I liked it I liked the little one-twos and stuff like that we kept seeing him you know on the edge of the box and you know, playing between the lines between their midfield and their yeah. attack, and that's how we were getting through them. I and it's so nice to see that, and not just a bloody horrible lofted ball over, or stick it in the channels, or go out wide mm. and lob it across. It's, we're actually trying to play some really nice stuff. There were a lot of one twos and stuff under Hockey Day. Unfortunately, it was generally pierced to Bianchi and back again. Yeah. Whereas this time we are now Pen- we're penetrating. We are penetrating. It's Dukara to Moet, 
and back again, and then Antonucci offside. <laughs> but, you know, it's yeah. getting there, it's getting there. As a man, he seems far more credible than Hockaday. Well, he's a liar, so I don't know how you work that out. <laughs> well, <laughs> well he, I believe him more. Yes. I believe his I believe his lies more than I believe Hockaday he, uh, telling the truth. He has more gravitas, doesn't he? Yeah, he seems like he's... Hockaday was a bit... I don't know. It just a wanker. Hockaday, well, Hockaday it wasn't, was. He wasn't really a wanker. You know, Hockaday was just. He was a myth built around this academy, and he was. We knew he was never going to succeed, and because we knew he was, ne- they're never going to succeed. He was like a daft PE teacher, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the the difference in the opening press conferences was twofold. One, Cellino didn't take it for him when Milanic turned up, but two, you didn't have Junior Lewis colouring in at the side of him either <laughs> panting so in his ear there's <laughs> three is that uh, <laughs> three is that uh, Milanic didn't come out and just basically say yeah I've won everything in Slovenian football man and boy I've won the most, I'm the best coach Europe has ever seen Middle Europa has never seen anything like me best football in the Slovenian top league which do you know what he, do you know what he, he probably could have done do you know what he did he showed humility which yeah. is funnily enough something that we were apparently seeking Massimo told us we need to be more humble Hockaday spoke about humility didn't a he a lot yeah and never fucking showed it himself exactly however one of the first things um, he said Milanic was this is a massive opportunity for me I couldn't turn it down do you believe him the liar Yes. Because he also said, you know, about Redford coming on the bench with him. wasn't true. So maybe he's like, yeah, this is, a, this is a massive opportunity. And he's just like, he's really thinking. It's the, like, di- the die God, is cast a, for Moscow. What a dump. Yeah, Darko Milai- Milainich. Yeah, okay, okay. Darko Milainich. Uh, it doesn't really work. Is this particular watermelon, is he is he picking the team though? That's the question. Because it seems to be a little bit of a grey area if you are to believe Andy Cousins. What does Andy Cousins know? I mean, he's probably right. But what does Andy what does Andy Cousins? Where did you get this information from? Was it? He was at the Reading game, and he was saying afterwards the next day, "Oh, went to the Leeds game last night, hearing a few things." So it's all you know. I mean, it, it is it is conjecture, isn't it? Fairly obvious though that Warnock has not been dropped by a manager. Oh, absolutely, and it's so. If you take it, if he does that, you would think maybe that there are other players who have been told that they're in the team. When you look at the one consistent thing this season through Hockaday, through Redfern and Milinic, it's the diamond. The formation doesn't change, whoever the coach is. So I refuse to believe that it is the coach picking that formation. It's coming from above. Chilino wants them to play a diamond. Fair enough. I Personally, I'd quite like a... I'd lo- I love a tricky winger, you know. <laughs> I'd like a rhombus. Um, we get back to the uh, Warnock's old penis formation. That'd be interesting to see that back again. But that, that's clear that it, the template is set from above the. I'm thinking about Warnock's old penis now. Mm. Oh God, so am I. Well, that's uh, the uh, on a slightly tangential but related oh, angle. God. No, oh. Oh, sorry, <laughs> tanned genitals. Um, oh, they are. Oh, God. I, I tell you what, Sharon. I, uh, since I've been going to those uh, those sunbeds, uh, first few times I uh, I kept kept my boxes on, but uh, this time got got the Grundies off and just uh, just let Stephen and the twins r- r- <laughs> roam free. And I tell you, like two Li- liberating, like two like two chestnuts and a sausage. They are now. Um, <laughs> oh God. So those are those are Neil Warnock's tanned genitals, ladies and gentlemen. Meanwhile, clean my brain, Chilino. I don't know. I don't know why I chosen Darko Milinic. The coaches are like watermelons. I don't know how many times you can use the watermelon metaphor, but the coaches are like watermelons. You'll find out about them when you open them. His particular qualities 
He's good looking. What can I tell you? So he's picked the best looking coach available. Mm. He's fairly handsome. Yeah, he's all right, really. It looks, so, it looks at times a little bit like Avram Grant, which is mm, not a good way to go. Not as far from as jowly. Yeah, he's like, kind of if Avram, if he has a very bad life, he'd look like Avram Grant. What and do I you, don't just mean visiting brothels. What do, you think, <laughs> what do you think about his dress sense so far? Well, Mixed. he's wearing a suit, which is a bit naughty. And then he wore a tracksuit. And then in he, the against Brentford, and then he's back to the suit again. Do you think yeah. it's just if he can get out of the dressing room? Oh no, it was Brentford. He wore the suit, Reading game tracksuit, and then uh, Sheffield Wednesday is back in the suit again. So Do you he think he's to, just told Tolino to piss off and stop being an interfering git. Well, if he has, he's not going to be here for long. <laughs> yeah, he might. Oh, I forgot. I'll wear the tracksuit next or, time. You know, maybe it's just the case of you know we're, we're talking about this seven players who must start thing, and maybe. Maybe it's just a bit of a grey area where you kind of you listen to everything Massimo says and you nod and agree, but you don't actually follow it all, and you kind of just get on with it and see if you get told off or not. Maybe it's a case of like coming in and he's in that bloody Cholino. He says wants me to drop Warnock, wants me to wear a tracksuit. I say, well, I'll drop Warnock, I'm not bloody wearing a tracksuit. So that maybe that's his uh, his level. You, and I'm well, sure. I mean, what you're implying basically is that Chilino comes into the office and he says, "Darko, you are coaching my team. I these seven play. Stephen Warnock, he never play. You wear tracksuit." And uh, Darko says, "Yes, Massimo. Yes, Massimo. Yes, Massimo. Lie, lie, lie." Because he doesn't do any of it. <laughs> I mean, he drops Warnock just to make him look a bit more convincing, just to cover up the rest of his packs of lies. Anyway, moving on. I can tell he's uh, a, a fav- favourite of yours. Yeah. Warnock is next. Well, he's all right, really. Not unhappy. I just wish he'd cut the lies. <laughs> not Warnock. Not unhappy. PFA, quite happy. Seems to have mediated things back into a position whereby let's not all fall out and go public on this one. I mean, the whole complaint to the PFA thing came through Simon Austin, who is basically Massimo Cellino. His favourite journalist. Yes. That's not to say he's a bad man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I'd never, not at all. I'm sure he's a, a lovely fellow. But he's the nicest sock puppet I know. <laughs> and that's and it, it, the whole thing reminds me very much of when Ross McCormack, uh, when the stories appeared in the press that he had refused to get a plane to Italy for the pre-season trip. And then when the story, even Cellino then is like, yeah, this is being a dick. Uh, the, the story actually was that the club had agreed for him to go and have a medical at Fulham and agreed for him to join Fulham for a certain amount of money. And then Massimo Cellino changed his mind to be a dick. And then a story appeared in the press saying that Ross McCormack had refused to fly and was like a terrible human. Everybody's Several like, days later. And everybody's pitchforks, Ross McCormack, you fuck off, you love wanker. Um, yeah, he no you, longer wishes to play for the club or whatever the official statements have yeah been. and then so when it's Stephen Warnock complained to the PFA about being dropped he's gone to their teacher I, <laughs> I can only it's been said since that he has issues with the conditions of his employment stretching back to the summer when Warnock I think said publicly like yeah we're going to get rid of him we're going to get some new left backs and he's still here and playing well. Uh, Chilino said that. It's late. Um, it's getting late. Yeah, and I, under those circumstances, that is exactly what the Professional Footballers Association is there for, is for you to phone up and say, I'm a professional footballer, a little bit concerned about how um, I'm being treated at my football club. Have you got any advice? And it seems like the advice is, yeah, try and get a meeting with Chilino, hug it out. In the meantime, however, a story hits the papers saying he's complained to the BFA, kill him. And this is one where the, the reaction has been slightly different to the Ross McCormack one because 
because McCormack was going out the door, um, the pitchforks were and the torches were lit up immediately. Whereas everyone's kind of gone, yeah, but Stephen Walk's playing really well. Like he's kind of, I'm not surprised he's miffed. And there's been that element of like, he should suck it up and just get on with it because he's well paid. But also at the same time, feeling. Well, especially he if he, play as well. I mean, what if he's been denied appearance money and things like that and win bonuses? You could. There are arguments there about. I'm sure lodged in employment law anyway. And we've seen the treatment of some of the not just the players, but what was uh, McDermott's assistant called? Gibbs Gibbo sacking siren. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> who, Finger not hovering on the button there. Who is essentially made to just come and work from nine to five, but without a job, without remit. Yeah, yeah. And so when things like that have been going on, I'm not surprised. You see the whole the Don Polion thing, where he's got a contract one hour and then the contract's taken away, and it's, you have to go on. And so we don't have a very tidy record with how we are treating people at the club. So he just seems to try and just bully people out if he doesn't yeah. want them. I did it with. There was that standoff for ages with McDermott as well, where he knew he, he knew he wanted rid of him. Where's he was Brian? telling people, wasn't he? he was yeah. Basically, anyone he spoke to was saying he wanted their problems with the manager, and then he was still there. And you think, well, if the problems the manager, you could always, you know, oh right, yeah. have a have, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, he's snoozing on the job. But yeah, he just sort of hopes that he can maybe get people out on the cheap, which I know. Part of me doesn't blame him for. <laughs> and really, well, yeah, I mean, if you're going to hound anybody out of this club for stealing a living, hound Steve Morrison out <laughs> of that useless trunk. When he was coming on as sub against Sheffield, well, I mean, perhaps a little bit too much was made of this. Perhaps he was concentrating on the game, but didn't particularly look enamoured with the goal. Left Darko hanging for ages for a high 10, um, which may just be that Darko's got a habit of going up to players about to do a high 10 and then snatching his hands away at the last moment and going, ah, I fooled you. But then when Morrison came on the pitch, it was, a, I don't know, he looked like his old, lazy, disinterested self. So, set the dogs on him. I don't care what you do to Steve Morrison, but leave uh, leave, leave Steve Warnock alone. <laughs> Which words, I never, words we never thought we Never did. thought I'd say. Hey, speaking of... Uh, Victims? Yes, murky things. It's all got a bit murky with David Haig and Iranian money and GFH and, God, I wish they'd never set foot on our football club. <laughs> That kind of thing. The Iranian money thing. I saw that news had broken when I stepped out of Josh Warrington's fight on Saturday night. Ooh. And, uh, Name I, dropper. Ringside seats as well. Yep. Lots of people were there. All up inside him it was, more or less. Like five, however many thousand people were there. And a lot of them were outside singing, we are the champions, champions of Europe, outside Leeds Arena. Thousands of people. And you see people just going and joining in. And Warrior, Warrior, Warrington. And everybody's having a brilliant time. And I checked my phone. Terry George with Massimo Cellino <laughs> on his shoulders. Checked my phone to see what was going on. And all that was being talked about on Twitter was we were linked to Iranian money and being investigated by the United Nations Security Council. And it's like, oh, for God's sake, can't we just enjoy one thing. It's a little bit like the... Um, Someone needs to go to jail for that. It's a little bit I like think. Cellino's yacht, where it's... I just wonder, can't we just enjoy the fact that he's a mad dickhead? <laughs> <laughs> Do we have to go through this? Um, I don't know what there is to enjoy about um, illegally sourced Iranian funding. I mean, there is an element where this is pretty much GFH's problem, and not ours. The Daily Mail article was very keen to point out Ken Bates knew nothing about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's very specific terms, it just, doesn't it? It's just there's an article that is a sentence by itself. By the way, just for the lawyer yeah. that's we're going to be inevitably reading this. Dear Carter Rook, 
we just want you to know yeah anyway so that's all a bit sad and, un- and murky and unfortunate and let's mm. let's hope it all gets resolved soon and speaking of sad murky and unfortunate david Poor yeah david. i mean we've laughed at his incarceration because we've got no particular love for him mm. um he's involved with a bunch of twats really who mm. ran us you know he obviously possibly knows stuff about things that have been happening at the club etc etc let him out just let him squabble it all out in court that's what i say Mm. and that would be fun to watch and i'm not that comfortable with somebody being banged up for months on end without any sort of recourse however however and this is the caveat yes why has he not posted bail yet why has he not applied for bail when this is what apparently the legal documents now say that he hasn't bothered why has he not cancelled his gym membership I think he wants. Question. I think the problem is he wants GFH to effectively pay his bail, mm. but the other ones bringing the charges. He's not quite worked that out. <laughs> oh, someone just lend me this money. Yeah. Well, they have, haven't they? They've said there's two hundred thousand pounds. Two hundred thousand pounds has been set aside from his account by them to pay for his legal fees. So it's like just just get on with it then. If you just get it into court, have your day in court. The transcript of the hearing where they tried to decide how much money he was going to be allowed per week, because all his assets have been frozen, but he said he needs he needs some certain funding. I mean, I don't want to make light of his terrible situation, but it was hilarious. <laughs> just It genuinely is, yeah. Like, his poor, even his lawyers are just... He can't, can't get access to the phone in there. That was it, it says here he's given £500 a week for phone calls and wants another £500 a week for phone calls. Not only that, was it not something like... Why is he ringing sex lines <laughs> with it, his phone call time? not that, as well, he actually specifically asked for something like another $2,000 a month for phone cards so he could bribe other yeah. prisoners. It was, <laughs> he wanted £500 a week... For bribes! He wanted £500 a week of phone cards and the judge... I'm not corrupt. The, <laughs> the, the judge said that seems, that seems high... And also, I thought he couldn't get to the phone. And his lawyer said, part of that money is for him to bribe other prisoners so that he can get to the phone and make more phone calls. And the judge said, OK, well, I can understand that. Why, then, is the next item £250 a week of phone cards so that he can bribe prisoners? And the lawyer's basically is like, we, we, don't have a, we don't have an instruction. Why is there a £1,000 on here for cakes with files baked into them? <laughs> he had £500 a week on food and the judge was again, where is he Where is he getting the food from? Where is he sending out for this food? Because I'd like to know what kind of food he's getting. Well, we just, he has very specific dietary requirements. We haven't got any more information than that. And then the other one was £500 on medicine. And again, uh, the judge was like, can we, what kind of medicine costs £500 a week? Is that... We don't have a breakdown on uh, what medicine that is. It's like, okay. And then the other one was, um, he's no longer, by the sounds of it, in that jail where um, the conditions were awful. He's in the Burge Dubai police station. Which sounds like a fucking hotel. (laughs) It's only three stars. It's quite modest. (laughs) Well, that's what the lawyers were saying. All Sky Sports have to go out of the bar. They they basically had to move him somewhere nicer because he was just like, he wasn't coping in the other place, which is an interesting option. If ever you are in jail, just say... (laughs) Yeah, I don't really like it here. He's like, oh, okay, we'll take you somewhere Can nice I have a transfer to... Uh, well, how, does this, how does this work for him? I live in Bradford, for fuck's sake. I can't move. <laughs> you live in the nice bit. Well, yeah. How much, um, how much a week do you spend on phone cards? Nothing. I've got a mobile phone that was smuggled into my, ha- into my house in my anus. And then they're talking about how he was able to, um, able to get out for doctor's visits because of his medical problems and the operation. And the judge said, well, if he's able to get out to <laughs> to doctors, why isn't he here? I said, well, they're not allowing him to leave the jail. 
So, well, they obviously are allowing him to leave the jail because he can go to the doctors. If he can go to the doctors, he can come to court. says, well, uh, we don't think he would be allowed to come to court, but he's allowed to go to the doctors. Yes, that's the situation. Have you asked if he's allowed to come to court? <laughs> um, we haven't got any information on whether we've asked if he can come to court. All we know is we don't think he would be allowed to come to court, but we did ask if he could go to the doctors and they said yes. <laughs> Coming up. Rotherham, that is our next game away um, on the telly again on Friday the 17th of October after the international break. Release Adrian! Release Adrian! Well, the great thing about Rotherham is that you can just watch it on the sofa because it's on TV. Mm. Because it's nearby, you could just nip down the motorway in a car. Very accessible. 30 odd miles, do it in an hour. Yeah, Yeah. that's great. So you can be home home in no time leave after work which is great on a Friday night mm. game probably leave about six probably just as easy to get to as on the road I'm leaving at half seven. Oh bloody hell that's cutting it fine in the minutes. morning yeah, yeah, yeah you are walking aren't you I, I'm, I was supposed to be walking so I feel terrible now yeah you made up some in fact mm. I'll put this out as an appeal Dan's made a flimsy excuse about babysitting so for you I can't do the walk so if you'd like to look after Dan's children and don't have any offences to your name <laughs> if you see I'll be checked you can have them uh, yeah, then look after him. I think you should have to carry your children on this walk. Mm, that seems yeah, that seems fair. I've I've taken the other tactic of just saying right from the start that I'm not doing it. That's mm. the sensible yeah. way of getting around it. Yeah, yeah. There's about eighteen, I think, so far. I'm expecting at least seventeen of those to drop out. <laughs> and how many? <laughs> a sad, lonely walk to Rotherham on your own. And how many of those who start are you expecting to make it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think anyone's done any training yet, but mm. that's a good thing. Because it means it's accessible. So if you want to take part in this madness, send me an email, michael at squareball.net, and you can come along. Yeah, and if you, if you do want to get the details on it, find out what's going on, or make a donation, take part in all that, um, you can get it at squareball.net forward slash walk. While you're wandering through the sort of this route through... Hang on a second, it's through Barnsley. Yeah, I was just wondering, because you're going to go through some pretty grim areas. If you see Oddie, stick him in a taxi and just send him back to whichever care homes near You won't have got that far. Well, he can move. Well, it's not, this is not until a week on Friday, so he could have he could get far in that time. Mm. Yeah, it'll have gone feral mm. again. That stick of the dump. Anyway, the money is going towards Oddie to pay for his ongoing care. <laughs> it's not. It's not really. It's not really. No. Splitting the money. The money is going to two causes, isn't it? One is the Leeds Children's Hospital, and the other is the Louis Jacob Sharp Foundation, which is the charity set up by Billy Sharp and his wife. Yes. So if you if you enjoy this podcast, which is free, you know, go on there and give us like a quid. Mm. It's just anything. I mean, give us more, by all means. Give us- Do you mean per podcast? Yes. If every listener gives us £84 <laughs> towards Yes, any this, less would be stingy. Then it would probably, there'd probably be so much money donated that we'd have to reconsider giving it all to Jerry because it would be too tempting to steal. So perhaps a, a happy medium. <laughs> Once I've deducted my £500 a week of phone cards, all the money will be going yeah, to I'm the not, charities. I'm not sure how you would convince Just Giving that you wanted to withdraw several thousand pounds for a drug fueled party. But anyway, the squareball.net forward slash walk, but to Rotherham, which is, I guess, the yeah. topic of we the will, day. We will bring you back. Yeah. That's one of the conditions. If you do walk it, we will bring you back to Leeds. Whether it's is, in a taxi or in a car or in yeah. a free NHS ambulance. Or whether you live in Leeds or not, it'll be like those um, East Anglian derbies where they just take everybody, every away fan at Ipswich back to Norwich. Yeah, they do Whether that they live any, in Ipswich or not. Done that at Millwall away as well, being yeah. taken back to King's Cross. And they're going, yes, you're on this train back to Leeds. You go, oh, but I'm, I'm actually going to Doncaster tonight. No, you're not. You can go to Doncaster once you've got to Leeds. And you think, that's not... That's not it's not it works. That's not I- ideal, really, in all honesty. That's adding quite a lot. Mm. But uh, anyway, yeah, we will take you back to a place not of your choosing afterwards. 
Well, Rotherham isn't really... You're taking them to a place not really of anybody's choosing. Hey. Although, nice new stadium, the New York Stadium. That's got to be exciting. Rotherham's had a lot of um, good press recently. What? Well, for since Luciano got there. Exactly. Yeah. That's cheered everybody up. A town that was down in the dumps is now a town with a smile on its face and a lot of the smell of Argentinian barbecue. Um, Although he's had to cut that down because Steve Evans, irony of ironies, um, has described Luciano as looking like Mr. Tubby. Who's Mr. Tubby? Him. I actually copied and pasted there's this. A bit, there's a bit I think pot- he means Mr. Blobby. And there's a, there's a bit of pot and kettle going on Do there. Do you think because Mr. Blobby's like copyrighted so he, he couldn't say it? <laughs> he's like a... He looks like Mr. A, Blobby. A market stall version. Well, which Steve Evans is like a market stall version of a football manager in many ways. Uh, they're 17th, aren't they, at the minute? But, Anyway, I know you want to keep talking about Luciano. How? What? What did you say about him? Go on. Uh, he said Scot- he's Scottish. When we first got he's, him, <coughs> he's Scottish. I don't think I've ever heard Steve Evans speak. Actually, I don't know. <laughs> how did? How did? Listen, listen. Ugly I'm, fat men talk. I'm, I'm going to lay this one on the table. Do you yeah. want Rotherham to win Moscow? Um, I noticed that they're strong at creating scoring chances. Who t- who's told you that? Who scored? dot com and w- at winning aerial duels. So the internet fantasists who scored dot com. However, it does say that they're very weak at keeping possession and weak at finishing scoring chances, which will all change now that Luciano Becchio is fighting fit as fuck. Lean once again. Lean, I did, I did mean s- scoring machine. Steve Evans has said that yeah, he looked more like him. And that he's since lost four and a half kilos. I don't. I don't really do metric, so I looked it up. That's under a stone. Steve Evans could lose that off his neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was interested to note the score last time we played Rotherham, two thousand and eight, which is six years ago. We lost four two in the JPT. Was I, that? I that went was on, to that. That was on telly, wasn't it? Did you walk it? there? <laughs> no. This will be the, the third stadium I've seen Leeds against Rotherham in, which is nice. I think I've, I've only seen three three Leeds Rotherham away games, all, all in different grounds. Surely unique. Yeah, Apart it was from awful. Everybody was else who was there. Well, yeah, but you know, in terms of clubs. But yeah, it was awful that game. It really, a really empty athletic stadium. Shuomni goal. Yeah. That can't that have been nice. that bad. Hey, the collector's item, that. Um, Unlike when Becchio scores against us, which we'll, he's probably going to get out. I mean, I don't hope we lose, but I do hope Becchio scores a hat trick. And we win 4-3. Yeah. Basically. What did you think of his silky finish the other week? What, what <laughs> he I lo- caressed it into the net. What I loved most about his silky finish the other week was the way that the BBC reports described it as um, an accurate right foot finish. Not twatted at his shins from a yard away. <laughs> they said, it, it, uh, maybe they didn't say accurate, but they said it was a right footed finish from the centre of the penalty area to the bottom left hand corner. And when you watched the replay, it's actually that the Blackburn keeper was played a total hospital pass by one of the defenders. <laughs> And booted it at Becchio's shins and it went into <laughs> bounce, an empty goal. <laughs> so the, the, perhaps those minute-by-minute minute match reports aren't strictly accurate, unlike whoscored.com, who I'm sure carries nothing but minute and forensic coverage of that goal. It's going to be one for the linesmen as well, because um, their weaknesses, avoiding offside. Oh. Yeah. So that's going to be... Hours. Yeah. Is there an there's going to be a lot, be a lot of that. Do we have an Antonucci alarm? Does it sound like this? <laughs> there we go. You can't sack somebody for being off. No, this is the Antonucci alarm, not the sacking siren. Oh, it's It's very similar, just a couple of notes different, that's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Well, speaking of Luciano, from the club that has taken him on to the club that has unceremoniously booted him out and forced him to go at knife point to Rotherham, 
uh, Norwich City. That's our next away game. And all they did was make him fat and miserable. The following two. He's been comfort eating, hasn't the he? bastards. He's been comfort eating. Lots and lots of beef. But that's yeah. all he ever used to post about, wasn't it? On, he did again recently. Yeah. There was another photo of him turned up with a big rack of beef. He's <laughs> <laughs> been eating endless kilos of protein. I think he's just waving them into Evans, Steve Evans's face. Maybe he's been uh, he's as big a liar as Darko Milanic. He's just like, yeah, I'm on a diet, Steve. Yeah, check out this photo of me with a rack of beef. Hey, they're top. Half a cow. They are top, uh, Norwich City. And you know who their third best player is? Tell me. Bradley Johnson. Who? Bradley Brothers. Old, you know, high... Who scored .com? Give him an average rating of 7.37. Now we know they're internet bullshitters now. We know. Well, you can't... Two goals, one assist, 2.6 shots per game. Premier League Bradley Johnson. And a 79.1% pass completion. These stats are meaningless. Are but, you implying that Bradley Johnson is not the third best player at Norwich City? It could well be, actually. Yeah, I have no idea. I know. Oh, presumably the top two are both Johnny Housen. Don't know what's happened to poor old John. He's played one game and two sub-appearances this season and the rest of his stats were too miserable for me to copy and paste down here. Well, that'll teach him to get forced out and sold by Ken Bates, won't it? Hey, eh? Hey? Well, yeah, Bates is quite effective at <laughs> revenge. Hey, listen, their ticket prices are a bit naughty. I mean, I know ours aren't exactly uh, user-friendly, but bloody hell, 40 quid. Is anybody yeah, yeah. actually going to this? No, I have children and I, I don't think no, I mean, getting back in the early hours of, of a midweek morning would be very conducive to a happy life with getting up with the kids. £40 on a Tuesday night to go to Norwich is taking the piss, really, isn't it? I suppose it kind of makes us know how fans feel when they come to Welland Road, but that's not the point. Over four, we never go over 40, though. No. It's such a long way. Mm. Oh. I didn't notice, actually, speaking of long midweek trips, it, the Reading away fans, they were about, I'd get, I guess, about 300 of them tops. Yeah. But they seem to have, rather than cluster in a group and sing, they seem to be perfectly evenly spaced across the, the West End, like they didn't, they'd like the space. It just looked like the most miserable, miserable mm. way to spend an evening. Like they don't like even least, like each other. Yeah, like at least Leeds away games. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably sell out this still, because... Yeah. You know, that's what we do because that's what we do but the people who go even if we lose they'll go out and they'll get drunk they'll drink all day and they'll sing some songs and they'll have still despite defeats a memorable day Reading fans look like they just hated it yeah. I just can't understand them probably wish they were back in Division 4 because when you know proper away grounds and you didn't have to go to bloody Leeds to go to play Oxford <laughs> Oxford Swindon proper away guys Northampton never mind going to Leeds on a bloody Wednesday night Watching good football. And, yeah. yeah, it would have been good if it were Tuesday. Anyway, um, they're good down the wings, say your internet bullshitters. Well, whoscored.com, make them... I mean, they are top of the league, so it is no surprise to hear that Norwich City are very strong at the following. Not just strong, very strong, which means it's bold green, mm. not just green. Um, Counter-attacks, attacking down the wings, creating chances through individual skill, <laughs> which will be Bradley Johnson, coming back from losing positions and creating scoring chances... Their weaknesses are avoiding offside and defending down the wings. Oh, it's them that are avoid, not avoiding offsides. Yes, you were. It doesn't uh, actually matter which bit you read, though, because it's, it's all made But they're weaker so. defending down the wings, so that's not going to be relevant against us. Um, avoiding offside, they'll probably be all right, but they'll create enough chances. I, yeah, do we want to lose? I don't, I don't um, want to lose, no. Probably no, no, just in general. I should rephrase that. How much is it going to hurt to lose to Norwich? Not much, really, because they're top of the league and... We yeah, are still a work in progress. It's Norwich. If we beat Rotherham and we lose to these, yeah, fair enough, whatever. You reckon? 
Yeah, I, I, that's a very laissez-faire attitude to I take think, towards the football team. Well, as with all previous predictions, I confidently predict six points from these two games. Mm-hmm. Well, I confidently predicted seven goals at Rotherham. Michael, what are, you, what are your confident predictions? I'm not sure I'll be alive to see the Norwich game, so I just hope I get a good send-off <laughs> in the in the uh, the Rotherham game. The Ken Bates villain of the fortnight. This is the fortnightly award we give to somebody who has contributed to our ongoing state of perpetual misery as Leeds United fans, and Lord only knows, it's a miserable existence. So, nominees this fortnight. Actually, it's been three weeks, hasn't it, because we missed one. So, um, we've got a few to pick from. Ken, what's he having his nomination for? What's he done lately? I know I've not really He's still talking about... We joint statement. Joint Joint statement. statement. It's not yet happened, but you know it's going to be... Awful when it does. Mm. So we're kind of preemptively yeah. nominating he for keeps what doing he's about those to do. Fucking stupid YouTube things. Yeah, I've not tuned into them for a while because I had some. I'll give you a summary if you want. Go on then. We, the Yaddy John, the Gentis, United, and those Arabs. Uh, that sort of thing right so, okay so yeah. it's not changed that's no. fell, it, fell it. yeah covered it quite well <laughs> they're not messing with the format at all no no it's, it's Ken Bates talking about whatever Ken Bates wants to talk about regardless of how well informed he is on the subject fair enough not that we can talk on this <laughs> podcast about that uh, anyone else <clears throat> Darko Milanich oh for being a, a liar, liar yeah. yeah I don't like liars and he is one so he's nominated for lying <laughs> Walter Mitty yeah he's <laughs> Roy Keane, who yeah. is oh, yes. uh, a, a, a long-time favourite of the podcast. Well, he's still a fucking c- if that's what you mean. There is no need for Roy Keane to write a second autobiography. You probably didn't need to say any of this, but I agree, yeah. Saying basically the same stuff as he said in the first one, but then slightly contradicting himself to clarify that he's even more of a fucking c- The Alfie Harland story the first time around was dish enough. And now he's kind of made, he's like, it wasn't actually about the, the tackle that injured Keane when Harland and Nigel Martin started having a go at him. It was just because he didn't like him. And then when he's going about, he claims it, inj- it ended his career, he played the next week. It's like, yeah, because nobody realised how bad the injury actually was. It doesn't mean that you didn't actually hurt him badly enough to end his career. He tried very hard to come back and carry on playing, but the damage you had done to his knee was so significant, wanton, unnecessary and violent that he couldn't. Mm. So fuck off. Did you see Harlan's response to this? Yes. It was nice, wasn't it? And it was, uh, yes, a big picture of uh, Saddam Hussein with a, a beard in his later days. And it's scarily accurate just how much that did actually look like Roy Keane. I don't want to do this in Roy Keane's defence not in relation to that at all but another bit that's come out of the book which is <laughs> yes I read this brilliant <laughs> I know exactly of, what it's going to be yeah the Robbie Savage thing but yeah he went basically at one point went to sign Robbie Savage he rang him up and he got to his voicemail and Robbie Savage did the one time popular advert thing from Budweiser, Bud- Budweiser. Went, what's up and he, he just thought Oh, fuck it! I can't. I can't. He says, "I can't be signing that." Yeah, I believe, I believe the exact quote from the book is, "I can't be fucking signing that," which is fair enough. But Roy Keane was um, even thinking about signing see, Robbie Savage Roy in Keane's the first reac- place. If Roy Keane's reaction to that had been to go around to Robbie Savage's house and collapse his knees, <laughs> then that would have been a bit, that would have been more apt in that occasion. Alfie Harland did nothing wrong, and he, he said as well that he had like a list of players that he was out to do an Alfie to. It had David Batty was on that list. Rob Lee at Newcastle and it's really just yeah some other players were like tackled him and were tough on a football pitch so he decided to try and like maim them maim them yeah Mm, yeah 
that's an interesting approach. It's a, it's a it's a certainly a novel twist on um, Jack being Charlton's, a fucking Jack Charlton's little black book. I was going to say, but you know, there you go. Fair enough. I don't think Jack Jack Charlton ever maimed anybody, and it was different days. Could, maiming, maiming was allowed then, wasn't it? Yeah. Maybe, and it's I, a fair challenge. <laughs> it's a fair challenge. If Oddie into was, his face. If Oddie was here, he could tell us all about... Has anybody seen Oddie, by the way? Maybe he's gone looking for Jack Charlton <laughs> with a little black book of his own. I'm oh. a bit alarmed that he's, we've been here for a long time now. You know, it's a couple of hours since we arrived and he's still not shown up. I mean, Has, has he phoned anybody? Let me have a look. Should, any, we, should we nominate, if, for another week, the, um, the so-called security staff at that? At home. At home. It's not the first time this has happened. We have kept up the payments on his bills to be there, haven't we? The sedatives, certainly. Yeah, but I mean, we had we didn't like... Because I know in the past we have missed a, a month or two and they've threatened to evict him. Yeah. We did... As far as I'm aware... The money has gone... The slush for the offshore account's still been topped up, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, a nice kennels as well. I want to nominate Paddy Kiznorba, by the way. Oh, yeah. And this that's was, his controversial. This was very, no, this bit, was very unfortunate. A bit of a cult hero in the eyes of some Leeds fans. He, you know, mm-hmm. performed well for us, but he's talking bollocks. He's uh, wrong. He's wrong about something. Yeah. And he's wrong about our opening nominee, Kenneth Bates. In fact, I want to nominate Ken Bates now. Retrospectively. For being... Nice to Paddy Nice Kisnobo. to Paddy Kisnobo, <laughs> So that Paddy Kisnobo is saying... Yeah, basically. The way that Darko Milinic has been tricking people all his life, Ken Bates <laughs> tricked Paddy Kisnobo into saying something nice. You see, this is the problem with Ken Bates. He does things every now and then that make you think he's a nice guy. I remember, certainly when he was at Leeds, he he would donate things to charity. And he did quite recently, he, he donated like the some... the club's money. He donated some money to uh, a charity for a, a kid who needed an But he operation. doesn't like to talk about it all the same, does he? Um, I believe he put a big story in the paper with his <laughs> picture and the kid. And then he definitely uh, did something about it on so uh, Radio York. Yes, that was it. However, you know, so he'll do those things and people will go, you know what, he's a nice guy. If ever I need something, I'll go to Ken. I'm just going to say for a minute, he's not. Yeah, because if you ever said to him, Ken, do you think you could maybe move your bank accounts onshore so that your taxes could help pay for hospitals and schools that would... You know, benefit well, many, you know, many more people. You know, benefit scroungers. Exactly. And villagentes. You don't get no, you don't get something for nothing. Come in begging around for money. Unless you do actually want something for nothing and you go begging around for money. Um, in which case he'll then go, uh, oh, this will make me seem like a nice guy. And he'll then donate some money so things can happen. I've Good got thing. the power here. I'm healing this child. Yes, exactly. And I think a lot of the people say that, you know, he's charismatic and all this. Of all the people to be fooled, I mean, I thought Paddy Kisnobo was more intelligent than this. Well, this is not actually a million miles away from what you were saying, because Paddy Kisnobo was absolutely battered and broken. Mm. Broken knees. He was, he was basically playing in leg calipers, and he got a new contract from Ken. Yeah. So it's not a million miles away. I'm, I'm stretching the... But then on the know. on the flip side of that, Mika Verinen also came to Leeds and had a, an injury that wasn't his fault. And Ken begrudged him every penny that he ever paid the poor chap and lambasted him weekly on his radio show. So I think it has just got to be, if he likes you, um, he'll pretend to be nice. So what we're going to say is basically, if you're an invalid but he likes you, then you're fine. If you're battered and broken and you're not his pet player, then you're not fine. Was there some backstory to this that... Bates went out to Australia to see him or something. I'm sure I read something about that. That's all you bloody need. I go to Australia to get away from him. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the next boat. <laughs> oh, <there's> a steamer. <laughs> Round the Cape Horn. 
send out a, send out a submarine to fucking sink him. Anyway, so poor so Paddy is nominated, but it's Ken Bates's fault. Yeah, and it, I think Paddy got sucked in by his generosity. Most of the uh, reaction I have seen to this from Paddy Kisnobor is people just going like, "Oh, Paddy, shut up! Don't shut up!" They don't keep up with what's going on, though, do they? No, that's the thing with footballers. They don't probably. And with the best will in the world, go pouring over Kis- accounts. Paddy and- Kisnorbo is in Australia. He's got no idea what's going they on. They can't read over there, those guys. <laughs> he's you no, know, he's got no idea what's going on the other side of the world. He's just going to pick up on Twitter. He and knows the, what was going on while he was here, though. The press and stuff. But anyway, mm. yeah. So right, the nominees. Let's pull it together. Kenneth for all that. Yeah. Um, Roy Keane for being a fucking. Um, Paddy Kisnorbo for being sucked in by by Kenneth's generosity. Oddie's security. Where is Oddie? Where's Oddie? Yeah. Um, Darko Milinic for being a barefaced liar. Who's who's having it? It's a lucky escape for Kiznobo. You think? You're not going to give it to him because I think he's no, he's, he's got he's got to be in. The thing is, but he's Paddy Kiznobo. Yeah, we, we, I don't think Roy Keane's ever even made the shortlist before, mm. and he he well deserves it. Roy Keane, without a doubt. Congratulations, Roy. It's been twenty years coming. Yeah, and probably if Roy keeps that beard going, he'll end up looking like Ken Bates. Any other business? Just a quick reminder then that we are, well, Michael is anyway, doing the walk to Rotherham. It's leaving Ellen Road 7.30 in the morning and arriving at uh, Rotherham's New York Stadium, hopefully in time for kickoff, raising money for charity. If you want to get involved in this, have a look at the squareball.net forward slash walk. Even if you don't fancy walking that far because you Give are... Give us your fucking money. Because you are clinically sane, then you can donate there, the squareball.net forward slash walk. And if you want to take part, you can drop Michael an email, michael at the squareball.net. Don't just send me pictures of yourselves in pubs mocking me. Should we Should we send out a proper alert for Oddie, or are we going to... Uh... I think it'd be best now if we just hold a memorial service. Should we do then that? We the can all, then we can all move on. Well, yeah, so make sure you're here in a fortnight then for the for the memorial podcast in a fortnight. And if you want to send in your tributes to Oddie... Um, podcast uh, at the squareball.net. Yeah, or on Twitter if you want to just start tweeting your, your favourite memories... Maybe photos of uh, of when he was young. Well, I suppose drawings from when he was engravings from when, tapestries from when he was young. Cave paintings <laughs> of of Oddy when he was young. We shouldn't laugh in such sad circumstances, but it's what he would have wanted. He brought us a lot of humour. I, I remember between the swearing, the alcoholism, and the abuse, that cheeky little smile. God bless in, you, Father Jack. In, in our hearts. He's the prince of our hearts. The prince of our hearts. Um, that just about ties things up, doesn't it, uh, really, for this podcast, I think? Moscow, you met David Batty. Oh, oh yeah. You did, you did, didn't you, you I bastard. met David Batty. I tried to hint to see How did you find last him? Time. He's, he's around. He lives in Yorkshire. He's about... He's a really, really nice guy. I bet he doesn't own a mobile phone. Um, I didn't... No, no, he does actually. Yes, he. Do. I will. Is it Nokia thirty three ten? I will confirm. I don't because I mean he is obviously. I was very consider myself privileged. I consider myself lucky actually to have met David Batty and hung out with him for a morning. And so you don't want to like give away his life. He's obviously. We asked him what he was doing nowadays, and he just says nothing. He says people don't believe me, but I really just I retired at thirty five because uh, I just wanted to enjoy the rest of my life, and I'm having a perfectly nice time you see I'm I'm 36 now and if I could retire now I would yeah 
I would. And so when so he's just like, yeah, don't want to get into football management, don't want to be a coach, don't want to do any of that. Just kids are growing up and I'm having a nice time, having a nice life. However, yes, he does own a mobile phone, and uh, uh, when he gets a message, he makes a steam train noise. That's his uh, mobile phone ringtone. So if ever you're out there in Yorkshire and you hear a toot toot, bat is in the area. It could, it could be nearby. Watch your uh, watch your calves because uh, there could be a tackle flying in. He looks ready to play. Looks just the same as he did when he was playing. Um, Can I just say, I love David Batty. I love him too. I think we all love him. I loved him for many years and I still love, I love his memory. What I love, love about, <laughs> you're thinking of Oddie. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I love his memory. Um, what it was about was because Josh Warrington in advance of his fight, we found out that David Batty was a big fan. Oh, this was the thing you cock-teased on the last podcast. Yeah, I was trying to allude you, to it. You baited him it away. out of hiding with Josh um, Warrington. Yeah, basically. And we thought that would be nice. We got Simon Grayson there as well, who I always feel a little bit sorry for the fact that everyone's just like, wow, David Batty. And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, Simon Grayson. But, you know. And what was really nice about it was how much David Batty could... It basically turned into him interviewing Josh Warrington about being a boxer. And we'd occasionally try and interject and say, like, David, it must have been fantastic winning the league with Leeds United and you'd kind of go yeah it was it was great that but Josh what was your last fight like at the arena that must have been something special and just asking all about his training and all this stuff and wanting to know every detail about what it was like to be Josh Warrington and we're sitting there thinking but you're David Batty um, can I ask have you kept a lock of his hair uh, no I didn't it's unfortunate isn't it anyway, but, where, can, where can we see all of this uh, thecitytalking.com it should be easy to find and uh, YouTube if you just put in uh, Josh Warrington, David Batty, the videos will come up on there. Splendid. And well um, done to Josh Warrington, by the way. Fantastic performance. A winning performance. Champion of Europe, as was being sung. Can we get him to fight every other Saturday and, and do away with Leeds United? Because he looks quite good and he wins and it's a good atmosphere and stuff. It's like a, a football match, but with enjoyment and fun. <laughs> And that's it. We're done, aren't we? We're back in a bit. Uh, we'll be back next time we, we speak to you. Hopefully in a fortnight, nothing should get in the way. And uh, thank you for listening to our meanderings. Uh, England against San Marino and yeah. Estonia to come this week. Wow. The, it's thrill a minute, isn't it? Thrill a minute. Um, yeah, we'll return in a fortnight if you want to get in touch with us. Podcast at the squareball.net. That's our email address. Tweet at the squareball. You can find us on Facebook as well. Cheers for listening and we'll see you later. Uh, thanks from me. Michael. Bye-bye. Moscowite. Goodbye. And wherever he is out there in that big scary world. Just phone us, Oddie. Oddie. Just let us know you're okay. The Square Ball Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.